Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. And Lord, within the sound of my voice, God, would you just flow through your servant today, flow through your son today, but flow into your people today. My God, give clarity where there needs to and strength where there needs to and power where there needs to. Father, lift up every man and every woman to you and you have a distinct purpose and a destiny for their life. And so I pray in Jesus' name that these moments would help them fulfill it, that there would be clarity where there is not, God, where there would be faith, God, where there is not. So Lord, lift your saints, lift your sons, lift your daughters. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, come on, high five three people and tell them they're good looking. Then grab your seat. I just saw someone go to high five them and then they turned the other way and it was kind of like, uh, that, I feel like that happens to me all the time because you're like, turn around so everyone turns around and then you're facing no one. <laughs> some of you have to stay and some of you have to turn around. It's just church alive, um, right? <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Luke chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I'm not sure how many of you were here this morning, but we had the amazing Steve Rosick uh, preach and teach this morning on pitiful to powerful. And Luke chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. This got my attention the other day as I was reading Scripture. It says this, with this in mind, this is uh, Luke himself he says, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Next verse. So that, watch this now, so that, someone say so that, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. I feel like we live in a culture that is so confused, to be honest. And I feel like what came to my heart over these last couple of days is, is that it is, it is critical that you are clear on who you are, on who Jesus is, and some of His directives. Because if you have a foundation that is unclear, what can you stand on? Like if, if you don't know what your foundation is, guess what? You will be shaken. If you don't know what your foundation is, guess what? The devil will grab you. He will beat you. Someone else will lure you to their way of thinking and their way of doing. I was thinking for some reason recently about the book of Genesis and the book of Genesis is the start, it is the beginning, and it is the, the, the one where you and I find out our origin, don't we? We find out that there was a God who made us, that literally formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the, the Father breathes on man for the very first time. Could you imagine just that moment where Adam is formed and he's, he's, he's made, but there's no breath in him yet. And he's, he's probably got some six pack and he's probably got like pecs and stuff. He's a big dude. Some theologians actually say that, that Adam perhaps was about nine foot tall. Like he was, he was, he was a big dude. He was an NBA player, you know. And, and the Bible says the father just breathes on him. And the Bible says he became a living being. 
at that moment. And the first thing he saw was he saw his daddy. Think about this for a second. The first thing he does is open his eyes. And his father has breathed on him. And he sees who he is. I hope tonight you see who you are. I hope tonight you see who you are. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, are you with me, Church Alive? I want you to know with certainty, Genesis 2, verse 7. Number one, if you take notes tonight, take this note. You were created by God and for God. You were created by God and you were created for God. I think that the devil fights you and me on this all the time. Science fights you on this. You were made out of nothing. And the weird thing in our culture is this, is that we think that smart people are scientists and smart people don't believe in God. I was listening to Bill Mayer the other day and, uh, and he had a Christian on it and he was just mocking him. He was like, you believe in magic? <laughs> like this and so forth. And, and that Christian was actually a very smart guy so he was able to handle him pretty well. But isn't it funny that someone can be so intelligent in some things and so dumb in other things. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And that might seem funny, or that might seem like it's a confrontational statement. But nothing never produced anything. Can, can, can anyone give me an example of nothing producing anything? Anyone? Stephen Colucci, you're here, man. He's a chef, a master chef. Master pastry chef, I'll say that. Can a pastry be created from nothing? No? <laughs> if it's gluten-free, maybe. I like that. In the beginning, gluten. <laughs> and the pastry had no flavor, but gluten hovered over the waters. And gluten said, be gluten free. You were created by God and for God. So therefore, your creator gets to define who you are. I was talking to a young person the other day at a church and they said, Pastor Anthony, I'm just, I'm still, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to know what God wants me to do. And that's common, right? I mean, all of us want to know that. We want to know what God wants them to do. And, and, uh, but, it, but can I just backtrack a second? You can't do what God wants you to do unless you just be who God wants you to be, right? So it isn't out of action first Christianity is, it's out of relationship. See, when you and I do a bunch of stuff and we say, God, are you pleased with that? At the end of the day, God may not care which job you take, but He does care what relationship you have with Him. And He wants you to have a relationship with Him that is fresh, that's real, that's powerful, that's authentic, that, that, is, that is... See, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not just all about my son playing soccer or, or doing school. I want him to know his daddy. Are you with me? Yeah. And I want you to know today without a shadow of a doubt 
this simple thought. You were created by God and for God. And the second thing I want you to know today is this. God is clear on boundaries. God is not unclear on boundaries. God is clear. In the book of uh, Genesis again, God says, listen, man, you can touch any tree. Someone say any tree. Someone say lots of trees. There were lots of trees in the garden. How many know there was just trees and trees and trees? How many wish they hung out at another tree? Don't you wish they hung out at a cherry tree or a grapefruit tree? But they hung out of the wrong tree and they're hanging out of the wrong tree. And the serpent comes along. And the first thing he does, and he does this to every single person, he simply says this, did God really say? See, God was very, very clear on a boundary. Don't touch the tree. So the first thing God wants you to do, sorry, the first thing the devil wants you to do is be unclear on the boundary. I think we live in a culture where we're so unclear on boundaries. We're so unclear on what's right and what's wrong. And we listen to so many different people about what's right and what's wrong. And, and we have so many opinions that we never come to our opinion. How we know the Word of God is, is, is very clear on some things? Now, there's some things, it's, it's gray. There's some things that you could kind of say, I'm not sure on and, and I'm not clear on and that's okay. And there's some, there's some areas of difference. Steve might think one thing and you might think one thing on me. And I'm like, I'm not sure about that. There's no point us making a denomination about that. There's no point us making another church about that. But let's be very, very clear about what God is very clear on. And I felt like the Lord just put on my heart Friday night that there would be a, a, a defining moment for some of you tonight. There would be a defining moment for some of you that you've, you've been lured into certain things, but you need to be clear that that's not what God has for you. I may hurt your feelings tonight, just letting you know. I may say some things that you're like, oh, I don't like that. But I promise you I'm for you. And I promise you God is for you. And I promise you that even when the love of God corrects you, it is still love. Are you with me, church? Do you know that I am actually a bad dad if I never correct my son? I am a bad father if I never correct my daughter. I love my daughter. I love her. I love her. I love her. I'll hug her and kiss her and blah, blah, blah and so forth. I just love her. Yeah. She did the cutest thing the other day. She wrote on the little board there. She was like, Daddy, I'm so proud of you that you tried your best. I love you. And I, I didn't see it. It was a hidden thing. And I'm just doing my work. And I look over. And there's a little love note from my daughter. And I was like, I tried my best. I tried my best. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you were made by God and for God, but God is clear on boundaries. Let me give you three thoughts what the devil does every single time. He gets you to doubt God's word. Then the next step is defy God's word. And the next step is he just lures you into something. This will be can I say, this will unfortunately be the story of your life and my life. The first thing he does is say, did God really say? 
And Eve was good, right? She quoted scripture. She was like, yes, God said, you can have every other tree, but not this tree. And she quoted it. And maybe perhaps she had not been meditating in it like she should have been meditating in it. Or maybe Adam and Eve had been hanging out on it, but not meditating in it and not strengthening it like they should have. I'm not sure what the deal was, but she goes back at the devil one time. Someone say one time. Come on, say one time. She goes back at the devil just one time and then the devil says to her, he defies God in that moment. He says, you will surely not die for in the day that you eat of it, he says, you shall be like God. You'll know good and you'll know evil. And it was simply a lie and he was defying the Creator. And every time the devil tempts you, he first wants you to doubt God and then he wants you to defy God and then he wants to lure something with you just lure you into it come on come on come on come on are you hearing me today we've told a generation for too long that they are a mistake we've told a generation for too long that they are made by nothing and for nothing So then we are surprised when people start to act like it. But you are made by God and for God. You are made by a Father. Do you know that humanity was never meant to deal with sin? Do you know that humanity was never even meant to deal with death itself? That you were actually made to be an eternal being? That in the beginning God created an eternal being? And in the day that Adam and Eve ate the tree, after that, sin came in. Death came in, shame came in, all kinds of um, maladies and sicknesses and so forth came in. But if you're a mistake, you'll act like a mistake. But if you are created, if I am created and I focus on my Creator, then He is the one that gets to define me. Are you with me? When you know who you are, your assignment becomes clearer. When you know who you are, your assignment becomes clearer. Because God never gave an assignment to anyone that He did not first call into relationship with Himself. See, God is not just about what you do, men, and what you do, ladies. God is into relationship. For God always gives an assignment to someone who's in relationship with. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet, he sees God. And the Bible says he sees Him high and lifted up. And the Bible says that there is these angels going around the throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then there's an interesting moment happens that all of a sudden when he sees God, he all of a sudden realizes that he's dirty. See, when you actually see God the way He is, you and I actually get to see ourselves the way we are. But thank God He doesn't leave us that way. Amen. Thank God He doesn't keep us that way. The angels of God came and and literally gave him this, this thing to put in his mouth and it cleansed away his guilt. And then he had new desires. Then he had a fresh start. Then he had a, a desire to do the thing that God has called you to do. So if you are uh, if you are not desiring to do God's assignment for your life, don't worry about the assignment. Worry about your relationship. Come on, church, are you with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to read this scripture to us. 
Steve broke this out this morning, and I want to just read a couple of things. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 says this, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Oh, let me read this one so we're reading the same version. They're all under the cloud that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with many of them or most of them, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things occurred as examples. Someone say example. Come on, say examples. Now these things occurred as examples to keep who? To keep us from setting what? Our hearts on what? evil things as they did do not now it says this do not be idolaters as some of them were as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and got get up to indulge in revelry we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did and in one day 23,000 of them died we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Next verse. These things happened to them as what? And were written down as what? Warnings for us on whom the culmination of the age has come. Now he says this. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Is this speaking to Christians or not Christians? It's speaking to, to Christians. So it says this, it is warning you and I to not fall into four different or five different categories here, but I want to talk about three of them tonight very quickly. Number one, grumbling. Someone say grumble. <laughs> I love when Steve was like, grumble, grumble, grumble this morning. It was good. God was providing for the Israelites. God was blessing the Israelites. He literally removed them out of Egypt. He provided um, the, the, the cloud at, 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 at day and, and the fire at night to keep them warm. He had bread from heaven and, and He was leading them to a better place. Someone say a better place. How many know God is leading you to a better place? God is leading you to a better place. God is leading you and always will lead you to a better place. But in the process of being in the, in the middle of perhaps where you want to be or don't want to be, how many know that sometimes you can grumble about where you are? There's few things that frustrate me more than if my children grumble. And though it's, the weird thing about it is I actually find the more I bless them, the more they grumble. I'm serious. You just take them on vacation. It's two days later. And they're like, when are we going on vacation again? And, and, and that's when, like crazy wants to come out. Like crazy was good. And then I just spent how many thousands of dollars on you and you want to go on vacation again? Slap your neighbor, say don't grumble. See, what God wants to teach you and me, why is grumbling, why is whining so pitiful? Because it's the language of hell. 
whining, complaining, and grumbling, hear me now, is the language of hell. Because I promise you, how many of you know we live in a blessed country? Now, there's a lot of things going bad and so forth, but how many of you know that most people wish they had your financial problems? 94% of the world wishes they were more like you. So can you imagine heaven as it looks down on you and me and has blessed us? And how many of you know we've got microwaves and we've got a flat screen TVs and we've got ovens and we've got so much food. I open my food. I don't know about you, but I open my food in the morning and I go, do I want muffins? Do I want eggs? Do I want bread with peanut butter? Um, my kids go waffles, oatmeal, special K. Gee, I only have six options for breakfast. Or maybe this morning I'll just have blueberries and strawberries. Just blueberries and strawberries, please, honey. A little bit of cream on top. And God looks down at heaven and there's this other person with rice. And he's thanking God that he has rice. And you're sitting there looking at the same fridge sometimes and going, that's nothing I need. How many are getting convicted right now? How many of you ever look at your wardrobe and, and go, there's nothing to wear? Oh my gosh, I need, I need to go to the shop. Well, my wife is blaming me, but there's another reason. I had like holes in like seven pairs of jeans. Not like cool holes. Not like I cut them, not like H&M just made them, not like Forever 21 just went, oh, you know what, we'll put this in a cool spot. No, uncool spots. Like I literally had six pairs of jeans that had uncool spots that I couldn't even have a legitimate meeting. <laughs> now you're getting the picture. <laughs> and he warns you and me from grumbling. Like, isn't that weird that that would find its way in Scripture? But for some reason, the, the Bible says, don't grumble. Because you'll always be less than you really are when you grumble. You'll always be less happy when you grumble. You might have an amazing husband, amazing wife, but you grumble about the littlest things. And so now you're not happy with a husband and wife who's actually treating you 90% better than most people do but you're upset about something petty and small. Are you with me? Number two today is this. Number one, He warned them from grumbling. Number two, He warned them from idolatry. I feel like I want to give you a, a few thoughts on idolatry. I was seeking the Lord and said, Lord, what is the sin of idolatry? I felt like the Holy Spirit just whispered to my heart, it's when you seek pleasure over purpose. It's when you seek pleasure over purpose. God is not against pleasure. If you look in the Garden of Eden, God wanted you and me to have pleasure. The book of James says every good and perfect gift comes from above. How many know God is not against you having pleasure? Right? But He wants pleasure to be in a place of purpose. See, when you and I don't seek purpose and we solely seek pleasure, we will sacrifice our purpose for pleasure. And the Bible says that there was a guy who did that and his name was Esau. And he actually sacrificed his whole purpose for one moment of pleasure. And the Bible says that that 
was actually a grave mistake for he lost his inheritance because of it. Are you with me, church? Second thought regarding idolatry is this. People value education over God's wisdom. People value education over God's wisdom. How many think you should get educated? Please say amen. Someone say it's okay to be ignorant. It's not okay to stay ignorant. Are you hearing me, church? Don't value the education over God's wisdom. Evaluate God's, sorry, elevate God's wisdom and elevate education at the same time and it will do you a whole lot of good. Can I get an amen? Third thought regarding idolatry is this, worshiping the created things above the Creator. Worshiping the created things above the Creator. Do you know that your car could be an idol to you? Do you know your house could be an idol to you? Do you know anything that is created that you cannot give up or you will not give to God can be an idol to you? Jesus wants to be Lord of it all. Jesus wants to be Lord of it all. I would actually say this, that perhaps one of the biggest idols of all time is simply money. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, how many of you love Nutella? Anyone here? Just uh, feel like it's heaven spread. <laughs> you feel like Gabriel just came down one day and was like, you know what, let's bless them. <laughs> Come on, let's just bless them. Let's, let's give them a little heaven spread. And he, someone else came along and was like, oh, Nutella. But I promise you, it's just it, when we go to heaven, it'll be there. And what's weird about it is it'll make you more lean. You'll eat more and you'll get more ripped. You'll go from six pack to eight pack. Why? Because you just had Nutella. It'll be a beautiful thing. But I, 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 I gave my son a, 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 some toast and Nutella and I put a lot on there. And as he walked away, he literally walks away. And I said, hey, Benny, stop. I said, can I have some? He was, he was walking like this with Nutella. And he, he turns to me, he's just like, ah, oh, dang it. And he got, he got a little, little, little bit. He literally got a couple of crumbs. Like, I'm not sure if there's any Nutella on there. He literally just comes back. He's like, here you go, Daddy. Now, I could have said joy to the world because my son just gave me some of his Nutella. But understand this, I gave him the bread. I bought the bread. I bought the butter. I bought the Nutella. Uh, the bench that I made it on, I bought that. The block of land that I stood on to make the Nutella, I bought that. It's mine. So when he gives me a, a little this, when he gives me a little skerrick, he literally does. He gave me a skerrick. He went, here, Dad. It's a little salt bay. He gave me a little, he gave me a little Nutella spread crumbs. And I wasn't thrilled. And I taught him a lesson. And I said, son, give me a real portion. Otherwise, I'll take it all away and I'll beat you.
I didn't actually say I was going to beat him. I'm a little preacher exaggeration, know what I'm saying? But I, did I did that? Did I do that to him because I'm a cheapskate? Did I did did I do that to him because I need his Nutella? No, I have my own Nutella. But I wanted him to honor his daddy. And do you know the reason that God gets you and me to give? Is because he made it. It's his. His Nutella, it's His butter, it's His bread, the bench that you and I make it on, that's His. And here's where we get confused. When you and I fail to give back to God, whether it be finances or time or talent, it doesn't matter what it is. Do you realize that you're saying, it's my money or my Nutella and it's my bread and it's my butter? And God's like, no, it's not. It's mine. I made it. And I could bless you with more or I could take away your Nutella and leave you broke, busted and disgusted. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? The third one is this, when it comes to God's clarity and He is so clear on it. He is clear on whining. Someone say, stop it. He is clear on idolatry. Someone say, stop it. And He is clear on this one, sexual immorality. He's clear on it. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says. Paul is speaking to them and he says this in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 or 18. It says this. I wanted to say this. Hey, come on, give our team a hand. Come on. Sorry, verse 18, guys, if you have that one. Just testing you. There we go. Flee. Someone say flee. Not the little fleas that jump on dogs. No, no, no. Flee. Like run. Like get out of it. Flee from what? All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually, watch this now, sins against their own body. If sex was just physical, why is it that if someone is violated, someone is abused, someone is raped, why is it that they will remember that for the rest of their life? Why is it that sometimes that the sexual baggage that we bring into a relationship doesn't help the relationship but hurts the relationship? See, no one ever said when they got married, gee, I hope, uh, you know, if I marry my wife, I'm like, gee, I hope she slept with a lot of dudes before me. No guy ever said that, ever. Why? Because sexual intimacy actually doesn't create um, it, it actually creates barriers because sexual intimacy is to be between one person and another person now let me say this has God got grace for you and God got mercy for you? absolutely that's why He died on the cross you don't go to heaven because you're a virgin are you a virgin? no, get out Why do you go to heaven? Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
because you're made by your maker and you are forgiven and you've said, Jesus, I can't be perfect. Be perfect for me. And so now I want to step into your perfection. And Jesus says, by grace and faith, you will receive that precious gift. However, once you say yes to the Lordship of Jesus, now He has certain clear standards that He has for you. Can I get an amen? One of those is not grumble. Someone say, don't grumble. One of those is stop having idolatry. Stop, stop worshiping other things than me. The other one is sexual immorality. Now, I know we live in a culture that, that is, we're just kind of throwing the doors open. We're saying, do it, whatever you want to do, and whenever you want to do it, and so forth. But here's the weirdest thing. Isn't it weird that Hollywood sells sex, cultivates sex, um, teaches sex, wrongly all the time and then one of their leaders actually acts like a dog they're actually like hold on a second you can't do that that just happened just recently where one guy says one woman stood up and god bless her says like that that guy abused me then like 18 other women said that one abused me and then hollywood's like we want nothing to do with you aren't you creating sex scenes all the time in every movie that you create don't you celebrate Fifty Shades of Grey? Right? Don't you sell porn all the time? Don't you sell sexual videos? Like I remember, how many of you go bowling ever? I'm going bowling and I'm trying to bowl. Little technique action. And I, have a, I, I don't watch MTV, but MTV was on. And I was like, why is everyone dressed like a hooker? If you dress like a hooker, you end up acting like one. People treat you like one. And then eventually you'll feel like one. There's some things in your faith that you won't always know. There's some things in your faith that Miriam and I were talking about the other day. We're like, I'm not sure about this one. Grumbling is really, really clear. Idolatry, he's really, really clear. Sexual immorality, he's really, really clear. So here's what the devil wants you to do. Here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to say, did God really say we couldn't have sex until we're married? really say and I want to say this yes he did so we need to stop asking this question did God really say we need to start asking this question how can I obey hear that again stop asking did he really say because yes he really did now start asking how do I honor God how do I obey God how do I how do I how do I live in this sexually crazed kind of culture and so forth Am I, am I preaching to anyone this morning? Not that it's morning. First time I preach today. Does God have mercy and grace for you? Absolutely. Does God want you to stop whining? Someone say, I want a better life. Come on, say, I want a better life. The pathway to a better life is that.
truly is. The pathway to a better life, part of it is thankfulness. Does God want you to lay down idols? Yes, He does. What is an idol? Anything you put above God. Does God want His people to be sexually pure, sexually healthy? Yes. And I would also say this to every single person here. It starts now. My message is not to beat you up. It's to build you up. My message is not to make you feel bad about six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago. You can do nothing about your past. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse it. But if we don't call sin, sin, it's like there's poison in the medicine cabinet and we just take off the sticker and we put on a new title and then we give it to people and then we hand it off to people and we say, hey, it's not actually, it's not poison. And then they sip it and they wonder why they feel like crap. Are you with me? Paul was speaking to the church and he said, listen, no temptation sees you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what which you can bear. And with every temptation, He will provide a way out for you. That means this for you and for me. Temptation was never meant to be handled all by yourself. It was meant to be handled with the power of the Holy Spirit. with me church I felt like I needed to be so clear today on the foundation that you are made by God and you are made for God and he is clear on his directives and he is clear on his boundaries so no more whining thankfulness praise worship that is the language of a victim sorry victor in Jesus name No more idolatry. What is idolatry? It's putting things above God. Pull them down. Put Jesus first. You'll be blessed. Sexual immorality. Say no more. And say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Do you receive that word today? Come on, do you receive that word today? Give the Lord a hand in Jesus' name. try to give you some application points so you don't just leave out of here motivated but then you can do nothing and then you're frustrated (laughs) motivation's good inspiration's good but if it doesn't have application it, it truly does lead to frustration if you battle with grumbleness and unthankfulness just think about this how do you start your day how do you start your day throw worship on, throw music on, start your day intentionally. Start your day intentionally and end your day intentionally. If you'll start your day intentionally and end your day intentionally, somewhere in the middle, God will bless you. Amen. And if you messed up today, then just go to bed tonight and just go, thank you God for today and thank you God for tomorrow. Amen. Second thing, when it comes to idolatry, what is in your life that you have put above Jesus? What is in your life today that you've put above Jesus? Is it the seeking of pleasure? Is it money? Then just, God is not against those things, but He'll bless you in those things. But just bring it down to the Lordship of Jesus. Let me give a third thought, sexual immorality. 
Lots of people think it's outdated. But it seems like culture doesn't have a clue on how to have a happy marriage. If 50% of divorces fail, if 63% of second marriages fail, if 75% of third marriages fail, we're doing something wrong. If one million babies' life will be ended this year, not because of a Holocaust, but because we just didn't want to have them, then something's wrong. If I meet people all over the place and you can tell that marriage is a burden to them, not a blessing to them, I wouldn't follow them. If you do it God's way, you'll see incredible blessing in your world. Stop asking, did he say? Let us be very clear, he did. Now let's start asking, how do I obey the one who died for me? How do I live for the one who died for me? In Jesus' name. Come on, close your eyes with me. Bow your head. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bring your heart before God right now. Bring your heart before God. Say, God, am I grumbling? Am I complaining? Sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Have I put things above you? Do I have idols that you're number four, but everything else is one, two, or three? Say, sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Have I treated my body like it's not the temple of God himself? Just be open and honest and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me right now and let his grace cleanse you let his grace touch you in Jesus name heads bowed, eyes closed in this place if you are far away from God if you know without a shadow of a doubt you are far away from God or you've never said yes to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords I'm going to give someone an opportunity today some of you are in here today and you've got questions about God you've got doubts about God but God is bigger than your doubts God is bigger than your questions His grace is calling someone today I feel in my heart that God is calling someone today who even has doubts and has questions but He'll call you in your doubts and in your questions and He'll say son trust me son trust me others of you today are far away you've been running from God you've been calling yourself a Christian but doing everything else but act like a Christian today let today be a defining moment where you say Jesus be the Lord of my life Jesus be the King of my heart God, I want to come home to you. If that is you today all across this place, would you do me the honor? Would you respond to me and say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. I'm going to ask you in a moment on the count of three to slip up your hand. You say, I'm accepting Christ today. I need Jesus today. Or secondly, today, I've been running away from God, running far from God. But today, I turn around by grace and faith and I simply say, Jesus, be the Lord of my heart all across this place one two three come on all across this place raise your hand raise it up real high thank you sweetheart thank you that hand over there thank you anyone else just quickly raise your hands and raise it up high those of you that raise your hand come on keep it up just for a moment just so i can see it thank you 
Thank you. Anyone else? Just all across this place. All across this place. Thank you. Once you put your hand up, up, I can see it. Thank you. You can shoot it down. Thank you.